0: Hey guys, welcome to Performance Complex with your host, Brianna Williams. I'm a fitness advisor, a trainer, a coach, whatever you call it, I probably do that. And this week, we are going to talk about food, nutrition, diet, all of that stuff, and I'm really excited to have this conversation because I feel like it's so taboo to talk about, but I'm going to simplify everything for you guys, so... There's no issue with it going forward. You never have to even think about it again because you just know exactly what to do because you listen to this podcast. So let's get into it. All right. So, the first thing I usually tell people, the first thing I tell clients in regards to food, um, and I just want to preface this by saying I don't give my clients a grocery list, a food list, recipes or anything like that, like a meal plan. I don't I don't give my clients that because I feel like it really locks people into a box and feeling restricted and constrained. And that doesn't mean that your diet shouldn't be restrictive, but I'll get into that. What I do do is I give my clients nutrition guidelines because I feel like that's usually the most valuable thing. And when I tell people I'm giving them guidelines, they don't feel, like I said, super restricted and they kind of just feel like it's up to them. It's their choice whether or not they follow it. Um, but the guidelines absolutely work and my clients have seen great results with just following that and not having to follow some like super strict, this is what you don't eat, this is what you do eat. And like I said, there is that aspect in the guidelines. Like obviously I don't suggest people eat A high amount of processed foods but it's kind of like when when someone tells you to when, when someone tells you don't think of a purple unicorn like that's the first thing you think of you know so my guidelines gradually um gradually introduce people to like this new i guess you could say lifestyle this new way of eating over a long period of time over weeks and months so that they do get to a point where even though from the outside looking in, their diet or the way they eat might be restrictive. For them, it doesn't feel that way, and that's what's really important. So, back to what I was going to say originally is that in terms of food, something I always tell clients is that you should not have a relationship with food. You should not have a relationship with food. Period. And I don't care what anyone tells you. I don't care what whatever people say. There isn't good foods and bad food. It's bullshit. There is such thing as good food and bad food. Like we all know that. And it feels really good to hear, oh, well, it's just a cookie. It's not bad food. It's just a bag of chips. It's not bad food. No, it is bad food. But that doesn't mean you should never eat it. Of course, you're going to have a bag of chips sometimes. Of course, you're going to have a cookie sometimes. But it is bad food. And we should label it as bad food. Because if you look at the ingredients of all of these things, of your favorite bag of chips, of your Cheetos or your candy or whatever you eat, if you look at the, the ingredients of these highly processed foods, it's actually insane that we would even put these things into our bodies. It's crazy that we would poison ourselves this, in this manner. And most people have diets that are filled with these, like I like to call them, non-foods. Highly processed foods aren't really... It's not food. It's just a, bu- a bunch of chemicals. There might be some whole foods in it, like chips. Chips like maybe, barely, and it's not good for you in any way, shape, or form. And like I said, calling it a bad food doesn't mean that you never eat it, you know? It's kind of like, I just wrote an article about laziness, and although laziness isn't a good trait, you need to have the right amount of it in your life, you know? You 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 don't want to be... Um, you don't want to burn out, you don't want to grind all the time and never relax. You know, there's there's the proper balance. And the same thing goes for food, right? There needs to be a proper balance in the way you approach food. But the highly processed foods cannot make, or the non-foods cannot make up most of your diet. It should make up a very, 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 very small portion of your diet, point blank period, right? And The reason why I say people should not have a relationship with food is because they act like food is like their fucking friend, right? Like you get sad and you eat. You wanna celebrate and you eat. You're bored and you eat. You go out and you eat. You stay in and you eat. It's like, food is like your fucking, your best friend. Why? Why is food your friend? It should not be your friend. It's literally a source of energy. And I know some fitness influencers or trainers or coaches, whatever you want to call them, they say, you know, your relationship with food is very important or fuck the people who say food is just for energy. Okay, number one, food literally is just for energy. That's what it is. Now, putting that aside, I do understand that culturally food is used to really bring people together And I really do love that aspect, you know, I'm Caribbean so when I'm with my family, we'll have curry, we'll have oxtail, you know, when I'm with um, other people's family, like I could have, let's say Italian food or wherever, whatever their culture is, I will have food from there, you know, and it's kind of just representative of breaking bread with people, you know, you're kind of a part of the family and it's an honor. To be put in a position where you can't eat with other people and really get to know them. It's a wonderful social opportunity. And the two don't need to be mutually exclusive. Just because food is for energy doesn't mean you can't enjoy those moments, right? But that being said, just because you enjoy those moments doesn't mean you need to walk around with this friend called food. Because those moments don't happen every day, they don't happen all the time. But what does happen every day and what, th- what does happen all the time is that you're always fucking eating. <laughs> most people are eating most of the day. I know very few people who actually have meals, right? It's kind of like a constant snacking. And so you're always kind of just a little bit hungry versus having a meal, you know, eating until you're satisfied. And then you're good until maybe you start to feel, you actually feel hunger and not like you walk by Dunkin' Donuts and just see food and then you really want it, right? You actually allow yourself to get to the point where you feel hunger and then you eat another meal. And that doesn't mean it needs to be divided into breakfast, lunch, and dinner whatever it is. It just means like you eat until you're satisfied, note that I did not say full, and you allow yourself to use up that energy, feel a little hunger, and then eat again. Right? But that can't happen if you have this relationship with food. Right? A relationship is something that you constantly have to nurture. And in terms of food, what that means is that you're constantly eating. And you should not be constantly eating. You know, fortunately... Most people in the U.S. or many people in the U.S. do not have to deal with hunger, um, lack of food, like literal lack of food. You cannot afford to get food. You don't have access to food. And I'm one of those people and I'm very grateful for it. And because I'm grateful for it, I don't overindulge because it's unnecessary. I'm not gluttonous. I'm not just going to eat it because it's there because someone else can't. That's really not my mindset approaching it. So it's important, you know, that's a kind of a comment I hear a lot. Well, you know, there's people who don't eat or who can't eat. And I'm like, yeah, and it's really unfortunate. And I try and do my part in providing for those people when I can. But that doesn't mean that you have to overindulge. That doesn't mean you have to be selfish. That doesn't mean you have to be gluttonous. That means you actually are appreciative for your access and appreciation does not equal overindulgence, is basically what I'm saying. So this is all to say, please do not have a relationship with food. And how you do that, it's a complicated process. And if I were to explain it, it would take me a really long time. But I would say the first step to ending your relationship with food, I guess, is learning what hunger is right? Learning what it feels like to actually require more energy and allowing your body to feel that. Some people genuinely believe they should not go three to five hours without putting something in their mouth. And so I think to start that process and learning what hunger is, is extremely important and would be very valuable for most people. Because I think we actually require a lot less energy than we think we do, right? And that's simply because we're always – there's a lot of these triggers, right? You go outside, there's restaurants everywhere, there's ads everywhere. You go on your phone, there's ads. You go on Instagram, there's, like, food porn. And food is, is advertised in a way that makes it seem like it's, like, an accessory, right? Like, you have your bag – You have food, you have your phone, you have food. It's something that you should always have and something that you should always be thinking about. And you should not always be thinking about food. And what I tell most people is that usually when people ask about, well, you know, I want to lose weight or I want to do this and, you know, what should I eat? I'm like, don't even worry about what you should eat right now. Just stop even thinking about food. Just don't even think about it. It doesn't need to be something that's constantly nagging at you on your mind. That's that's very annoying. It's annoying to think that you have to go on about your day, your busy lives, constantly having this like thing of food in the back of your mind. Right? Especially if you have rightful access to it. So learn hunger. Stop thinking about food. Because you probably do it too much. I want to go into the worst diet first. And then I want to go into the best diet, and I'm really using these words very, very loosely, but I feel like that's the best way just to explain what I'm about to talk about. So the worst diet, something I touched on, is a diet filled with highly processed foods, right? So I'm talking desserts, snacks, you know, packaged goods, all of that stuff, highly processed foods, like I said, are not foods, okay? They are literally engineered to be extremely delicious and addicting. That is their job. That is why when you open up a family-sized bag of Lay's, you can finish it all by yourself and still have a burger and a milkshake afterwards because I've done it, I'm gonna be honest. I've done it myself. You can eat those foods super quickly Afterwards, you feel kind of gross, but then you're hungry again. And they're literally designed to be that way. Now, initially, I think highly processed foods were designed to be like calorie dense. So, you know, they're cheaper if you need food and you can't afford like a full meal. You're able to get your calories in a quick snack, right? But of course, at this point, that's been completely exploited. And, you know, the processed food industry is is vast, (laughs) you know, and eating healthy is actually more expensive than eating highly processed foods. That's um, disgusting, to say the least. The worst diet is one that's filled with highly processed foods. And to give you kind of a percentage as to what that looks like, I would say if your diet is more than, I would would really say more than 20% of highly processed foods, your diet is not ideal. That would look like, you know, for every 10 meals, eight meals at the minimum should be whole food base and healthy. And two of those meals, maybe even snacks, might be these non-foods, these highly processed foods. Because like I said, it is about balance. And just because I'm saying that they're bad foods, I do understand that that doesn't mean you should never eat them, but you should still acknowledge that they're not good for you. Right. And I feel like this kind this culture of no food is bad and no food is good. It's just food. It's like, no, that's not true. There is food that's really good and nutritious for you. And there is this food that's highly processed and it's not good for you. And research has showed that that's not a subjective opinion. That's true. But we can acknowledge that and also understand that, hey, in this culture we're living in, we are going to have these highly processed foods sometimes if not rarely if your diet is more than 20% of highly processed foods i would say that your your diet is less than ideal for sure and if it's 50% you need to do some self-evaluation because um that's 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 really bad <laughs> that's terrible okay and Once again, I do want to say that I understand these highly processed foods are cheaper than whole foods. And like I said, I think it's really disgusting and sad. And so I understand that certain communities and environments are kind of forced into this bad diet, quote unquote, because of what they're surrounded by um, and what they can afford. And so I just, I want to acknowledge that before I continue on to what I would say the best diet is. So you'll probably guess the best diet is one that is filled with whole foods that are nutritious, right? And it's one where you eat when you're hungry. Eating when you're hungry is probably... The single best thing anyone can do to ensure that they are at a healthy body weight, body fat percentage, blah, 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 and really not have to worry about anything else, right? Just eat when you're hungry. That's the easiest thing and it's the thing no one wants to hear, but it really is that simple. But you do need to get past that point where you kind of become a little comfortable with hunger, right? You kind of have to allow yourself to be hungry, which is something I mentioned before. So whole foods, how do I define whole foods? I would say anything with less than four to five ingredients, right? So obviously roots and plants and vegetables and meats or dairy, if you eat that, right? All of those things are whole foods. It's just kind of, it is what it is. Like a potato is a potato. That's a whole food. A carrot is a carrot, right? a piece of steak is a piece of steak. It's kind of like it is what it is. And then I would say things with four to five ingredients, you know, slightly processed, like not really, just something that tastes good, just some flavors added into that. I would say those are whole foods, right? And I would say ideally a diet that is 90% whole foods and 10% of that Highly processed, non-food is the best diet. Because like I said, I do understand that people are going to eat those things. It's more so moderating how much of that you're eating and really not allowing yourself to fall into that space where you're addicted, right? A lot of people are addicted to food. If you're constantly thinking about food and if you're constantly eating it, sorry, that's like, Addiction, right? If you're constantly thinking about cigarettes and constantly smoking, if you're constantly thinking about alcohol and constantly drinking, it's addiction. And I I know that's kind of like a touchy thing to say, but I really do believe it's true. I believe a lot of people kind of turn to food, like I said, like a friend. And they turn to food in moments of distress or extreme happiness. And it's like the one constant in their life. While everything else is changing, the constant is that they are eating. So for those people, if you can self-identify yourself as as that type of person, and I really would suggest you go read my blog post about it because I kind of lay out some questions you can answer yourself to see if you do identify with that. Um, Like I said, it's important that you self-identify rather than someone telling you. What I suggest is what I said earlier in allowing yourself to kind of feel hunger and lean into that slowly and more often over several weeks, right? This is not something that you want to go cold turkey with, even though I'm a huge fan of cold turkey because it's kind of just like, look, this like leaning in bullshit sometimes it's just like people just are lazy. They kind of just give themselves time to fuck around and sometimes you just got to do it. But in terms of like an addictive um, behavior, like being addicted to food, I would suggest you lean into that hunger over several se- over several weeks and then you might try fasting, right? But this is something that can get very tricky because what should not happen and what I would hate to happen and what might even happen with some people, is that they fast and they and they binge, right? So sometimes fasting can incite this restrict binge cycle and that's very dangerous and that's far from what I would want, what you would want, and what you need. But when I say fast, I don't mean straight up go for a 24-hour fast. I mean literally restricting your eating window. Let's say you have five meals a day and let's say you eat from uh 9am to 10pm try eating from 11am to 10pm you know and really slowly restricting that window and then writing down how you feel right writing down how you feel now if it's something that's very overwhelming for you then stop and either find a coach someone you could talk to someone you trust and you might need to work through that at a more like professional capacity, you know, you might also find, in what I would be willing to bet is that you'll probably find that you're okay, right? You're okay pushing back your eating window for one to two hours. You okay, you're okay pushing it back for four to five to four to five hours, you're okay, right? You're still alive, you're still breathing, you know, maybe you're a little hungry, but I think that kind of slow, gradual process will sever your so-called relationship with food, right? And I think the journaling is really important because you'll kind of be able to go back hindsight twenty twenty, And that's why I think journaling for anything really is super valuable. But specifically in this case, I feel like that would be very, very, very helpful. Um, another tip for... Um, these people or just anyone honestly who wants to kind of sever that relationship with food I would suggest you get out your house so I know during quarantine during COVID a lot of people put on the weight and it's just because you're home it's like you're by the food right it really is an environmental thing by close proximity right you see the food you're bored you have nothing to do Whatever the feeling is, the emotion is, you grab it. And sometimes it's so mindless. Sometimes, have you ever had someone say, or have you ever said, like, I just want to have something in my mouth? Right? Or I'm not hungry, I'm just a little peckage. It's like these phrases that's really built around the constant eating. Right? So back to the point, I think if most people removed themselves from that environment, they just removed themselves from being in the house and even go to the park or to a coffee shop or, you know, somewhere where they're less likely to indulge, right? You're probably not going to want to pay for something versus just having something for free. I mean, it wasn't really for free, but for free in your house, you know, you're probably not going to go out of your way in the park to go grab something. And like I said, if you are, you might need to consider what that means for you. So I think removing yourself from that environment would help immensely and you'll kind of realize that one you don't need to eat as much as you do two you probably don't even think about it you know those times where you you, have you ever been out like walking around or hanging out with a friend and you guys like completely forget to eat right so that's not necessarily what i'm looking for i'm not looking for you to forget to eat but that's just to show you that the constant thinking and the nagging of food is kind of just like this learned behavior. And it also just has so much to do with your environment. You know, if you're home, if you're out in a really busy street and you're you're kind of surrounded by food, if you're on your phone and you see food, a lot of times we aren't thinking about these things and someone else is kind of telling us to. So, um, but I want to circle back to the best diet, remember I said the best diet is one that is 90% whole foods and 10% of that non-food, highly processed foods. Okay. Um, and I think initially when people hear that, it might sound like it's a super restrictive and like super serious diet. But you know, when I was in high school, someone said to me, A friend said to me, your body is your temple, right? And you're just not going to let anything and anyone into it, okay? And of course, this could be interpreted in many ways, but specifically in terms of food. I mean, I think that's a good way to think about it. Your body is a temple. You're going to just let all these chemicals and poisons just flow in without even giving it a second thought? Absolutely not. You're not going to do that. And I know you don't want to do that. You want to fill your body, fill yourself with these really nutritious foods, foods that are good for you, foods that give you energy, right? Not chemicals, not poison, because like I said, that is what it is. Please go into your pantry or go into your refrigerator, find like your favorite dessert, your favorite snack, and I want you to read the ingredients. And if you can actually identify seven of those ingredients and exactly what it is, exactly like what that thing is, what it means, what it does to the food, then I commend you because I have no idea what like three of those things are. Other than maybe the water or flour or whatever, I have no idea what most of the ingredients are in a bag of chips or in um, my favorite savory dessert. No clue. I'm like... Why is there 10 ingredients? It's just a vegan brownie. But I think it's important for people to actually experience that themselves because I don't want anyone to think I'm blowing smoke because I'm not. And a quick sidebar, um, I'm vegan. And for some reason, people think that just because you're vegan doesn't mean you can't eat unhealthily. You can because there's vegan non-foods. There's vegan, highly processed foods. You see it all the time. Go to Whole Foods. You'll see hundreds of things that are highly processed that are vegan. Just because you follow like a certain diet, I mean, I guess unless you're paleo, I mean, I don't really know much about that, but just because you follow a certain diet doesn't mean like you're exempt from this like highly processed food conversation because you're probably not. A lot of these Diets and industries or whatever have created these foods within them, like the vegan community or plant-based community or whatever, of foods that are highly processed. So you're not exempt if you're a vegan or paleo or keto or carnivore or whatever. You're not exempt. There's highly processed foods in your community, in your diet, or whatever, and you still need to pay attention and look out for that. Now, in considering how your diet, the foods you eat, contribute to your fitness. Now, that's an interesting conversation because you are what you eat literally, right? Have you ever, if you go to the gym, have you ever had a night out? You might have like went out to dinner and you ate super greasy, bad foods. And the next day in the gym, you literally feel like shit. Right. So just that simple example right there shows you how your performance will suffer according to your diet. Right? I don't wanna go I don't wanna get super like sciencey and these studies and the literature shows because it's unnecessary if you literally can just go off of how you feel, because that's what's most most important. Your experience and how you feel. And if you've experienced that, then you know that. The food you eat has a direct correlation with your performance in the gym, if you're an athlete, on the court, the field, and in your daily life. Because when you eat these highly processed foods that are engineered to be overconsumed, that means you are most likely overconsuming, which most likely means you're packing on the weight, which most likely means that Those health markers are not in an ideal, not in an ideal place, right? And if you're less than ideal, then you're not performing. Simple. So, your diet has a huge, huge plays a huge role in your your fitness and your performance, and also um, your energy levels, how you feel, how how you recover, how you sleep all of that. I don't know if any of you have experienced this before, but times when I've, before I was vegan or before I went vegan again, um, times when I would consume a lot of red meat, I would get like night sweats and I would have nightmares as well. And so there was nights where I just wouldn't sleep well because of how I was eating for me, right? Want to preface, this is not me trying to tell you to be vegan or not eat meat, I'm just telling you what doesn't agree with my body and red meat doesn't agree with my my body. And I think that's also because growing up, my family never ate red meat. I only ate turkey and chicken and fish. And so, I, so introducing red meat into my diet was an ideal from that standpoint as well. So like I said, this is not an ad to convince you to be vegan or carnivore or keto, because I don't care what you are. You really need to figure out what works for your body, what works for for you and your lifestyle. But what should not work for your lifestyle, like I said, is highly processed foods or non-foods. Um but your your nutrition, your diet does have a direct correlation to your fitness and your function as a human being. Right? You don't want to be Slow down or weigh down, you don't want your energy levels to be low, and that's what those low density you might even call them highly processed foods do. They bring your your energy all the way down, right, give you brain fog, you can't even function, can't think, you know after you eat lunch, you get the itis right all all of these things are things that I feel like everyone has experienced, and it literally is the food that you eat. And so in this podcast, I want to leave you with something I said earlier, and it's that your body is a temple and you have to treat it like one. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Performance Complex. There will be another episode dropping this Sunday, so make sure you tune in for that. And thanks for listening. Have a good day.